Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player talk to you about movies. This week, we revisit one of the most traumatic experiences we had in the theater last year by rewatching Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. That re-review coming up now on this episode of Brownie Points. everybody happy holidays and merry christmas you're gonna need a beer to get through this yes there it is uh hope you guys have been having a wonderful week uh hope there was a lot of presents a lot of family did you guys get anything neat for christmas did anyone get a playstation 5 did any so please send me your address and when you won't be home and what the code to your alarm is Yes, not an Xbox For One. safety inspection reasons. Yeah, not an Xbox One, specifically a PS5, please. Just kidding, just kidding. I'm not, just to put it out there, I am not going to steal a PlayStation 5. BrownyPointsGuideToCinema <laughs> at gmail.com. No. <laughs> you want to give it to us? Oh, that'd be dope. Well, anyway. Again, oh. to put it on record, to be clear, I am not going to break into someone's house and steal a PlayStation 5. I want to make that abundantly clear. I am not in OT going to do that. Yes, yes. We'll take your word for it for now. No. <laughs> That's more of a legal thing. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, guys, so our second review here of this holiday week is a reappraisal of a film that we did literally a year ago, uh, almost a, almost to the day, actually, because uh, we're taping when, this. When is uh, when's this episode releasing? Uh, this episode, uh, people are hearing us on Christmas Eve, and we so are... So we're off by, I think, three days. Uh, I'm actually... I... I'm changing my tab to the poster. Ooh, well, I think it released on the 21st, or the 20th, but I think we saw it on the 19th and then recorded our review that night. Yes, you, yeah. are, you are correct. So we, right now, listeners, are taping this on the 16th, so we, yeah, almost to the day are talking about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It's almost like I planned it that way. <laughs> yes. Nick, this was your pick for the trip into the time machine. It was directed, of course, by J.J. Abrams, written by J.J. Abrams and Chris Tirio, based on a story by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow, based on the Star Wars franchise created by George Lucas. It stars Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, you know the drill, guys. You saw this movie with us last year. Uh, Nick, I'm going to kind of hand the reins over to you because you were desperate to talk about this again for... Explain the reasons to the listeners, what you explained to me, why we're watching this movie again. <laughs> the reasons we're, we're re-reviewing the movie is Dan has said it on mic a hand, like, once or twice, but in the discussions we've had about this movie, um, we've really discussed how much our reviews have changed. Um to give context of what happened a year ago, uh, when Dan and I first started talking about doing this podcast, Dan was talking about how great a year it was going to be. 
Uh, there's Captain Marvel, <laughs> uh, and then Avengers Endgame, and then there was going to be the finale of the sequel trilogy for Star Wars, and we have all these other awards contenders. Like, we were not necessarily excited based on the trailer, but just excited for what it would mean for the show to have such large tentpole movies uh, last year. And Yeah, 2019 was a very, very notable year, uh, specifically for Disney, let's say. And as we showed through um, our complete recap of the Star Wars series, live action theatrical release movies, uh, we're big fans of the series. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the series. But when it ultimately came to reviewing the movie, I don't know exactly how to put the words for what Dan was feeling, but I was very much just in shock and trying to understand what I watched. Um, yeah, I remember I called it playing therapist for you, like trying to help coax any kind of answer whatsoever out of you because you really were, uh, you were, you were speechless, just plain and simple. You were speechless and that was was very difficult to talk about. (laughs) And and I know what, I know what was happening, um, now, um, because I, I meant to re-re-listen to our review of episode nine before we got re-re-listen. to this. I just... <laughs> re-re-listen? Yeah. <laughs> like, listen to it three times. Anyway, um, <laughs> I meant to listen to it again, and I just I didn't have time uh, before we did this. Uh, but I I think what it... I'm almost positive what it was, because if you listen to it, there are long times where I'm trying to figure out how to word what I'm thinking. And what it was is this is now my fourth time seeing this movie. And I, I saw it for the show. I saw it roughly a week ish later. We mentioned that on like the following episode or two that I, I did see it again in theaters. I went with my family and I, I was like, yeah, I very firmly don't like it. And I actually think my, uh, review might have changed to where I, I don't like it as much. Um, and then sometime this summer it came out on Disney plus and I was like, I haven't watched it in a while. Let me see if it's changed in my opinion. I watched it again and I was like, yeah, I still don't like this. Um, it was, this it was, was a, on, it was on May the 4th for May the 4th be with you day. I don't know if that's when I watched it. I'm just saying like it came out over the summer and at some point I watched it. Um, gotcha. I, I did. I do remember specifically watching it on May the 4th just because I came home from work and I was like, Oh, that's a nice time to watch it. And I just, yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, why? Um, Oh yeah. You remember but, I texted you the whole time I was watching it, <laughs> but yeah, mostly actually that review is kind of when we planted the idea of like, all right, we're going to do this on the one year as close to the one year anniversary as we can just because, you did um, specifically you. I said, yeah. okay, Nick, <laughs> it's, well, I'm just saying it's, it's one of those things where like, you're like, it's a year later and has changed. And, um, it's just, it, I, honestly, I'm depressed. Like this, I know a lot of times when we review a movie and I dislike it this much. I get very emotional. I get very kind of energetic and passionate and I'm going to read my, my note. This is the longest final note I've ever taken for a movie. Um, my rating did change. I'll give that in a second, but I put thus ends one of the saddest misses in cinema history. This movie is one of, if not the most colossal whiff in the history of our show. 
It's sad to see how this series was supposed to be saved by Disney, but due to due to no one true artistic vision and not planning, it becomes a giant mess that instead is uh, paraded and hoard out to meet deadlines. This movie is so much is so much course correction and makes episode eight a tremendous waste of time. I'm no longer in shock and truly sad at how this has turned out. What was supposed to be a triumphant finale instead has become a confusing mess with no real sense of direction. Um, my original rating on the movie was a single brownie when we reviewed it a year ago. Uh, our grading scale, just for people, if this is your first time listening to us do a review, uh, uh, Full Panda Brownies with Sprinkles is the highest rating we can give something. It's a near-perfect movie, contender for movie of the year. Uh, full Pan of brownies is really good it's not it's missing something like sprinkled on top to make it separate itself out but we really like it and we think it's good half pan is so so 50 50 we're like yeah i'd like it but i don't love it um it's okay but i don't hate it uh single brownie is it's pretty bad but we found something redeeming in it which is what i gave this a year ago and our lowest rating which is a raisin cookie is a movie that is so bad we can't even rate it on a scale of brownies we had to give it something that's completely different because it's not a brownie um i give this a cookie i i just i i'm i'm very comfortable with the movie now but i'm depressed by it but what i'm what i mean by that is when we saw it last year you can hear it in my review this movie throws so much at its at its audience that in the movie theater i was trying to comprehend what it was i had a 20 to 25 minute drive home i was still trying to comprehend it on the drive home and then we did our review me and dan didn't even start reviewing right away like we talked for 10 minutes and i just kept saying i was like i don't understand what i saw and then dan's like we have to record this review or we could delay it and i was like well we can't delay it and i so literally our entire review is me for an hour after having been out of the movie for half an hour trying to understand what I saw. And a year later, I now understand what I've what I saw because I've seen it four times. Um, this movie going into it this time, I actually I've said it before on a couple movies. A couple of them actually were Star Wars movies of just going. All right, let's get it over with. And then starting the movie, I actually took a break partway through the movie. I don't remember at exactly what point. I'm sure it's in my notes somewhere. Um, but then when I came back after my break ended, I was like, all right, let's get this over with. This movie made me say, let's get this over with twice. Um, but I, this movie just really. It's just, it's sad. It's one of those things where what they do in this movie, they spend, they spend so much time undoing episode eight or what they kept from episode eight is so begrudgingly done that it makes me wish that they either delayed this movie or they just released a different episode eight. And I know that's a huge PR hit, but I just like either completely redo episode eight and admit, Hey, we should have paid attention to this more and had this planned out better. And this guy undid everything we would want to do in the sequel. And it makes it really hard to move forward with our original vision. So we're just going to redo it or 
just delay this movie and take your time because at the time that this movie was coming out, Star Wars has, in the years since then, Star Wars has changed a lot. Uh, Mandalorian is the savior to the franchise now, and Baby Yoda is carrying this on its back. Um, but in in the year since this has come out, we just had last week all that Disney stuff. They're not planning on releasing a Star Wars movie until 2023. At the time that this came out, it was a franchise, like, main story movie, a um, a side adventure movie, then a maid quest, then a side adventure, and so on and so on. Well, and they uh, had plans for uh, Dan and D.B. Weiss of Game of Thrones to do a trilogy, and then they had plans for someone else to do another trilogy, too. Like, it wasn't... In, it, it, yeah, it was because it, of this movie they pulled the plug on all of those and started focusing on these Disney Plus projects. If if you thought Solo had massive ramifications on the Star Wars franchise for how poorly it performed, this one didn't perform super bad, but it was destroyed by fans and critics. Or absolutely loved by people that were just in shock of what they saw. Um there was, decide, to... there was decidedly less controversy than, say, The Last Jedi, where, no, it wasn't love it or hate it. It was love it, or, or it was hate it or tolerate it. And I've I've not seen someone that outright loves this movie, but I've seen people that are like, it's okay. Like, I've not seen anyone just love this movie like other Star Wars movies. Um, So, I mean, it, it changed the way that they're approaching Star Wars entirely it, it was so it was hey solo did bad this is getting really bad backlash but it didn't necessarily perform bad but it's getting similar backlash to like what solo got maybe we need to figure what we're doing out um and to kind of i, I know i've talked a very long time um so i'll kind of wrap up my i guess spoiler free thoughts but it's the second time we've talked about this movie on the show so who cares about spoilers Dude, I wasn't even going to say spoiler wall for this review, because honestly, if you haven't seen it by now, you're not going to. <laughs> but to kind of to kind of wrap up my thoughts. I remember when Disney got the rights, I remember when that South Park episode came out about, you know, people trying to buy Star Wars to protect it and stuff like that. And this movie just. I think we talked about it when we did the initial review. The movies themselves arguably are better movies. They form a much worse cohesive trilogy because you can tell in the prequel trilogy that something was planned. Something was there was a thought from the beginning the entire time of what they were doing, where they were going, and they just had to tweak minor things. Well, same with the this original trilogy. trilogy, too, because it had the one written and directed by the, and well, not the original ones, but the prequels. Yeah, it was George the whole way, writer, director, writer, director, writer, director. And he was the writer for all three of the original ones, even though the, the, the directors yeah. changed. They had the map from George Lucas, though. Yeah, but what, what that's what I'm getting at is there was too many cooks in the kitchen. They just kind of haphazardly threw projects around like they're doing, like... They threw it around almost like a TV show and then realized, hey, uh, this doesn't work. We shouldn't do that. So I... It's studio mingling. This is textbook studio mingling. Like, that's really what you... 
get when you boil it down to what the biggest issue with this movie is is kathleen kennedy it's studio mingling yeah. they got their hands it, on a high profile property and thought that they could micromanage the living out of it and then it's you're very, surprised it's when the very movies much, are bad it's very much not planning enough in the beginning and then trying to cover your ass too much in the end yeah. um but this movie is just I, I'm I'm I made a note of it. I'm very interested in if we could make not us, but just someone somewhere. I want to see someone get the opportunity to take uh the actors or actresses that played Rose, Ray, Poe, Finn, and Kylo out, have a drink, interview him and be like, Hey, it there's no ramifications for what you say. What do you think about Star Wars? Oh, dude, that is not going to be for a few because, decades. <laughs> because here's the here's the thing: one of them has a legitimate reason to be happy about these movies. One of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's you. You wouldn't even have to give John Boyega Boyega a drink, but yeah. he's in. But I feel like John, it's, John it's not an NDA. But John Boyega already is just ripping the movies and Disney. Uh, Rose largely, I think, like deleted her Instagram or Twitter, like just got off social media because of the bullying and backlash from fans, which it's not her fault. She doesn't do a bad job of acting. She's given crap to work with. And then yeah. Ray, I've got a note somewhere in there. I don't if, if I find it, I'll read it. But like, I've got a thing of I hate her character through this trilogy. I really do not like Ray past a certain point in either the first or second movie all that much has nothing to do with uh, the actress that plays her. I think she's got great talent. I think she has good emotional range. Yeah. Sometimes she can make funny faces when she's trying to be like overly serious uh, or show like strain in doing something. Is this but, in reference to that meme that said uh, Daisy Ridley always has her mouth open? It's more of Daisy Ridley looks like she's pooping, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I don't, I don't have a problem with Daisy Ridley. I have a problem with the way she's written. Her character is written horribly. She does pretty good with what she gets. I don't have a problem with Daisy Ridley. I have a problem with the people that wrote Daisy Ridley's character. Um, okay, so we did Finn. Oscar Isaac. Uh, this, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff since then, but I don't really think he was like helped or hindered by this franchise. And uh, Kylo Ren's actor is like the only guy I think that could be like, yeah, this is a pretty good showcase of my talent. Adam Driver is low-key, like, if he's still... I, he shouldn't be on an up-and-comer list at this point anymore, so I feel like he should definitely be regarded as one of the best, I guess, technically younger, but even though he's not that young, like, he's just... I don't know if he, enough people are going to give him credit to enough credit to say that he's one of the best actors working right now. Like outside of this and girls and the couple other random things he's popped up in here and there, Adam Driver just needs to be given more high profile projects. Like like Marriage Story, he was yeah. he was he our was favorite. Fantastic. He was our, he was our favorite actor last year. He yeah. was so he, good in that movie. Yeah. Um. So just so we can kind of move on from like the basic thing, did your did your rating change? Uh, yes, if I can do my hot take real quick. It's definitely Sorry. not... No, it's not... <laughs> no. Uh, I'll I wanted off. to redo this for a reason, because now I understand what I saw, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really cool with it. Yeah, well, first I'll start off by saying that uh, I I feel I feel really bad that you have been so... 
borderline traumatized by this movie. Like, fortunately, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> it's not. Someone's going to take me to Olive Garden and get me some breadsticks, though. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but uh, that was a really... Hopefully not Actually, too poorly bait. So, too, hopefully that joke wasn't too bad taste. But so speaking speaking of getting food, I uh, I I talked to Dan about this earlier. I started dieting. <laughs> I thought you were gonna ex- say speaking of getting therapy. No, Spe- speaking of food, I told Dan <laughs> and I I put a thing on my personal thing. I Facebook thing. I started working out and trying to lose weight because I realized I'm too heavy. But did I tell you what my cheat meal this uh, this Friday is gonna be? No, I saw I saw you comment directly to Kelsey that you were looking forward to it though. Dude. <laughs> So what we're going to do is I'm going to go to Burger King. I'm going to get original chicken sandwiches, the long ones, and I'm going to get uh, onion rings. She's going to go to McDonald's. She's going to get French fries and McRibs. We're going to stack them into one sandwich and what? then eat them and then die. <laughs> oh, my God. I mentioned it while watching football because – I, I was I was like I want this and I want this and I can't have it because I have to be healthy and I have to have smaller portions and I can't eat out as much and we already had our we already had the cheat meal for the week yesterday and she goes well, what if we do that next weekend and I was like I'm fine with that. Did you calculate how much that's going to counter everything you did leading up to that point? <laughs> no, but I'm being very strict on my diet this week and exercising even harder than last week, so I think it'll balance. Well, God bless your your colon and your arteries. I it's the I Mickey Mantle so- gene. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, honestly, my hot take on this movie, real quick. I to kind of set the setting, I guess, for my viewing experience of this. I don't typically do this that often, but there's rose petals on the bed. I <laughs> I um I I turned on Disney Plus because I refused to buy this movie. I'm not a I, I'm not a completionist. I, I don't want to. The buy only this movie. the only reason I want this is to complete my Star Wars movie collection it's it's very similar to solo if this wasn't on disney plus i only would have bought it by this point just for this review but instead i have it on my christmas list like i need this for my like movie collection i own that box set i own that box set of one through six and i remember i bought seven like four or five years ago when it came out on blu-ray but i haven't bought eight or nine and i don't have any plans to buy nine at least i wouldn't mind having eight because what about about the last jedi huh about Rogue One or Solo? I do own Rogue One. Uh, I I eh, I can pass on Solo too. But anyway, <laughs> so so I turn it on Disney Plus and I tell Nick that literally after how I felt the second time watching the movie, I almost listeners I didn't, but I seriously considered just outright not watching the movie and playing it off like I did. I was so not looking forward to this. This is the first time in the show's history that I was truly. Like, I had to force myself to watch a movie. I was eager to go see the train wreck that was Cats. I was eager to see Curse of La Llorona because it was from uh, the Conjuring universe. I was eager to see Men in Black because I actually liked the trailers. And I ended up not liking any of those movies. But at the time... From what I remember, too, did we watch this and Cats, like, back-to-back days? days not the same night but days yeah because i yeah, saw no, cats. like one night was was star wars the next night was cats yeah i woke up the next morning after we taped our review of star wars and i saw cats at like one or two the next afternoon something like that god. but um oh i got some oh my god i got some funny pictures from uh 
from both of those screenings because my theater had characters come in and like do photo ops. It was, I, I might share one if I remember it, but um, yeah, I, I remember after I saw it the first time, I thought it was okay, but I was kind of sifting through all the emotions I went through. Uh, Cause I do kind of get emotional when it comes to like big tent poles like this. I kind of, that's why I like to decompress and take some time to think about it. Like if we have to record the same day word, I'll do it. But I, don't mind if we have to take another day so I can like simmer, let things kind of yeah. sink in. So at the time I, w I didn't have that many issues with star Wars. Like I, I had some glaring issues with it. Like just, just as a reminder of what you gave the first time I gave this a single brownie. The first time you gave this a full pan, like you yeah. were really into it. Yeah, I was, I was, I thought some things were dumb in it. Like, um, Palpatine was just kind of off-putting, but not really a big problem. Um, I, for some reason, just let it slide that the whole plot is driven by MacGuffin Sword and MacGuffin Pyramid. Um, <laughs> we have to find the thing, to find the thing, to go to the thing, to find the other thing. Yeah, we have to use the MacGuffin and then the McPorgan and then the other MacGuffin. There's, there's so many MacGuffins, I'm surprised one of them is not a McRib. Yeah, it... <laughs> It's just late. It's just lazy writing now. But um, but there are still some things that I think between all three of these viewings that I think are awesome. There are a couple handful of things in this movie that I think are awesome. The Kylo and Rey mind meld. I think it's awesome. The force healing power to heal wounds. I think is really cool, I, except for the cliched way they used it at the very end. I thought that was really stupid. I, I did. I, as much as I didn't like this movie, since you're on the thing about things you liked, I have to look through what my notes are. There are a couple things that I li really like, and I tried my damnedest to point them out in my notes, just because okay. I don't want to just sit, like, this movie's not so bad that it makes me get riled up and just want to rip on it and hate on it. I don't want to hate on this movie. Um, but at the same time, I can't deny it's tremendously terrible in my eyes, but I do... <laughs> I do want to point out. I don't out, want to call hey, this. A, I don't want to call this a piece of crap, but we open a window. <laughs> I just mean there's like a, there's a small handful of things I like, and I do want to point them out because I I don't want to okay. seem like oh he's just railing on the movie. Like no, I did see something. It's, it's just it's two hours and twenty minutes that just was unenjoyable the entire time. Yeah, I mean there's again there's there are big things that are big problems that all kind of center around the writing and how either lazy, half-assed or just kind of piecemeal the writing is. Really in the the beginning and the way it all concludes. But honestly when it kind of just settles in and it's just like okay, I guess we're going on this MacGuffin ride whatever and I just kind of go along with the ride like the middle, let's say roughly hour hour 15 of the movie, I wasn't bored and I was kind of having fun. Like I wrote specifically in my notes uh, the scene from the trailer where Ray's running away from Kylo's ship and does that slow-mo backflip. That was badass as hell. I was so... I love that shot so much. And, like, there are a couple things like that. Like I said, the mind meld. I love what they do with the mind meld throughout this movie. And that kind of ties into how I will also agree with you that Adam Driver is the only person that somehow came out unscathed between these the massive creative differences his story could have easily just fallen apart but somehow it didn't anyway yeah um so no i my rating has gone down i did i did overall enjoy it the first time i saw it but now i've i've had diminishing returns each time i've watched it like i texted you back in may when i saw it the second time that oh, okay i'm feeling more like a half pan right now i'm back to where your original rating was it's a single it's a single uh brownie it's 
the writing issues in it are so glaring and so problematic that they are distracting when the problems happen. And just because of the ripple effect they cause throughout the movie, it just, it's impossible to ignore how stupid the screenplay is in this. How many, but, I, have, I have a question for you since you're mentioning writing issues. How many of those writing issues do you see that are not directly related to issues of trying to undo episode eight? Um, not, there's, there's more within the movie itself, I'd say, that just kind of well, are okay. standalone issues. It's, I okay. mean, there, when it they, obviously many, is flipping many, off episode eight, that's a problem. There are, how many, how many of them are trying to undo stuff in episode eight and, or clearly moving forward with something they weren't planning on, but episode eight forced their hand to not go the route they wanted. Well, it's. I mean, I didn't because most I didn't break of, it. I didn't break it down numerically like that, but like well, it's no, kind of obvious. It's so obvious when this movie is clearly just trying to ignore episode eight. It starts out at the very beginning with the opening title crawl, a completely a, a whole new story that we had no like foreshadowing to at the end of yeah. eight. Like eight ended with this. I think eight is a great movie. Eight ended with this really cool shot of the kids, and it implied that like there might be a youth uprising within the Jedi to bring the Jedi back to life. And then it's just like, okay, I mean, we, maybe it's just like somebody rises through the ranks, uh, in the, the, the first order. And, uh, I mean, who knows what the, who knows what it was going to be with Rain Johnson. But now here, it's just like X amount of time's gone by. We're not telling you how much time's gone by, but let's say it was at least six months and, oh, Palpatine's back. And it's just like, okay, I guess this is our story now. Like it just... It just, uh, it's it's very off-putting how abruptly it's just like, it doesn't feel like it's part of a trilogy. It feels like a I've, wholly separate Star Wars movie. I've, I've, I've got three notes right at the beginning of the movie. One of them is the, confirming how many times I've seen the movie. Uh, the next one is certain things like we need to make sure, we need to re like redo our all-time rankings and make sure we emphasize what our originals were versus what they are now. And then my first note of the actual movie is this title crawl has so much crammed into it. And then just like three notes later, three separate storylines are introduced and shown within 10 minutes of the movie. And we're just supposed to accept that all this is just the way of the story now. Like well, Palpatine. Was... Oh, Palpatine's here now. Snoke is fake. Wait, Snoke is fake? I've been putting well, the strings that's... the whole time. It's like, okay, I just... All right. <laughs> I, I do I do like maybe not necessarily like the implications of what it means in the movie, but I do like the scene where uh Palpatine's talking to Kylo and he goes, I have been every voice inside your head. And it changes to uh Palpatine, Snoke, and Darth Vader. I like that. I here's the thing. I don't here's the thing. Oh. here's the thing. In the context of the story and what it means, I don't like it. I just liked the effect. I want to talk about how this is the exact same problem I had with a James Bond movie, but I don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen it. Which movie? Uh, Spectre. I have seen it. Okay, this is the same problem I had with freaking Spectre, where uh, General whoever from... Uh, Zod. No, General What's-His-Face from Inglorious Bastards. I'm actually your stepbrother, and I have been the reason you ran into Mads Mikkelsen and whoever the villains were in all the other movies up to this point. Like, yeah. Okay. I, I do. Puppet I master. You hate, you hate the puppet master thing. The puppet master trope is so 
stupid. I don't ever want to see a movie with the Puppet Master twist ever again because it is so lazy. It is the laziest, laziest, like, surprise. Like, no, that's not good storytelling. That's not good writing. I hate that trope. I, so probably what my biggest issue with the movie was last year, and since I've seen it three times since then, I, I'm better equipped for it now, is they they throw so many things at you throughout this movie and it starts right off the bat with that title crawl and like okay kylo ren's theme is like the one of the best things to come out of this entire trilogy i really like his song john williams consistently wrote good music through all nine of these movies he should not be criticized at all for this and not only that he does tragic music really well because kylo ren's theme sounds so tragic oh yeah I mean, nothing tops nothing. Nothing tops episode three, but yeah, I agree. It's still consistently yeah. very good music. So, with that being said, Kylo Ren's story arc in in the beginning, like when the title crawl ends and it shows him going through the galaxy, and then he's jumping from planet to planet, and he's he finds he's the light wayfinder. Speed skipping, get it right. He's light speed skipping. No, he's not light speed skipping. Poe is, and he's just re- look. I don't oh, know. Oh, sorry. Any- I thought I I thought you jumped ahead. I don't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. I know that you're just doing the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Of what? Like, you know how the starship, like, to go faster, like, cuts between planets? Kind of. I'm That's not... what lights... I'm not saying the concept. It's just the visual they use. It's like, yeah, you're just, like, trying to lose people by jumping from realities or whatever. But anyway... Um, yeah, I was gonna say I have to rewatch the movies because I'm not sure exactly what you're trying to say. <laughs> but what I'm just what I'm getting at is that whole thing with Kylo Ren at the beginning. Yeah, it feels like such a post credit scene. Yeah, it's out of no it's out of nowhere and it's extremely jarring to start the movie like this because. But also, also Palpatine, like Palpatine's reveal and the stuff that he talks about, like when. He goes, she's not who you think she is. And they're like, when Kylo Ren's like, who is she? And he's like, (laughs) and then it cuts to uh, the Millennium Falcon. Palpatine's laugh is the end of a post-credit scene in a Marvel movie. Yeah. And then like, okay, so it's like, okay, well, Palpatine's, okay. Forget the fact that the advertising ruined that Palpatine's alive. If you're going into this movie, you're like, okay. I have to understand Palpatine's alive. He's orchestrated everything with Snoke. He's been manipulating Ben since day one. And then Ray, apparently her parents, despite what he said, her parents actually matter. Okay. And then they just yank you out and they're like, all right, now we're with Finn and uh, Poe and they're with Chewie and they're doing comedic banter that doesn't work because James Gunn didn't write it or Tarantino. And then, just they like go to this thing and there's a guy and he gives them information apparently there's a spy in the first order whoopity doo die and then they like fly off and then oh look here's ray and she's training she's not with them and then leia's her master just like dude the i i think i actually said it when we were reviewing it last year but now that i can actually watch the movie and know what's coming pretty well because i because i've seen it four times if you are able to take a step back from the film and watch it, it is just like 
boom, here's info, boom, here's info, boom, here's info, boom, here's info. Hope you're not getting overwhelmed, haha, <laughs> but we do. That way you can't recognize that the movie's bad. Here's more info, oh, here's it's more so, info. It's like, so hacked, it, it's so hacked together. It is The first 30 minutes of the movie are objectively, for me, the worst part of the movie. It, dude, it's, it's like getting, like, beat up. Yeah, it's... It, it's just, it's just pounding information into your head. That's why I'm and, saying it gets so much better to watch once you get settled in and it's not just a bombardment of just like, oh no, we're doing this now. Forget episode eight happened. We're doing yeah. this now. Well, so many things are in in effort to forget episode eight. Like the uh Anakin's The entire lightsab- plot is ignoring episode eight. What are you talking An- about? <laughs> An- well, Anakin and Luke's lightsaber hilt is just repaired now. I didn't even know she got the two halves before she left the ship. But they're just like, yeah, the hilt's repaired now and whatever. Um Yeah. And then they talk about, like, from the beginning of it, like, the biggest... Th- what would you say was one of the biggest things that come out of Episode Eight? The fact that Kylo tells her her parents are nobodies, or the fact that Snoke dies? Are you asking me to just pull an example or pick between the two of those? Pick between the two of them. Which one do you think was bigger? Because I think, I think Snoke dying screwed up the story more, but when... To redo the parent storyline, because clearly Ryan was just going to ignore, like, look, her parents literally were uh, scrappers. Who cares? But the fact that they decided to go back on her parents that hard, where they're almost like, because when Kylo said it in episode eight, I said it in a review of it. I was like, he's lying. So I never never thought they would just abandon her parents, but... Jesus Christ, the storyline with her parents in this movie is absurd. I love the balls. Not and that... not absurd and not absurd in that, oh, it's it's Palpatine's kids and she's Palpatine's granddaughter. I'm just saying, like, the links they go to to pound into your head, we had a plan for her parents all along. Ryan Johnson, like, this movie, like, it should say Star Wars Episode 9, fuck you, Ryan Johnson. We're gonna do what we want. I admire the absolute balls that Ryan Johnson had to say, we oh, even... I got the keys to the castle. I'm going to do what we now know he does after watching Knives Out, because he did literally the same thing in Knives Out. Well, we, is we every even... every time you think he's going to turn right, he turns left. And to answer well, your even... question, what's the bigger what's the bigger thing? I think it was. I mean, yes, they are both pretty big. Um, I loved that he was if he was going to stick with it he was going to try and stay away from you're a Jedi because your lineage says so. I love the idea that she was just going to be a random orphan. I wanted to see where that was going to go. Yeah. But to, again, to answer the actual question, killing off Snoke was a holy moment because that was supposed to be the big overshadowing bad guy. And then Adam driver, Kylo Ren kills him and he tries to take Ray and she says no, so now he is going to be set up as the big bad guy. There's no one over his shoulder. He now is in control of the First Order. That opens up so many possibilities for Episode Nine for, like, the ultimate confrontation, where it's not about Palpatine or a puppet master pulling the strings. It literally is now the guy who is young and immature, getting way too much power that he is not matured into. There are so many possibilities for episode nine to be so cool if Ryan Johnson was allowed to continue any of the stories that he was that he started with. But no, we brought back JJ, and now JJ's just like, well, how can I tell my story? But right, damn it, Rain. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think in our episode eight review, 
I don't know how many times we say it, but we we continue to say like he has interesting ideas. The problem is he diverts your expectations or subverts your expectations on so many things that it just kind of comes across as hackneyed. Like, dude, you're undoing too many things. Pick what you want to undo. Pick I, the pick the I hum- tropes you want to do. I humbly disagree. I think episode I, eight is awesome. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just saying what we said back then, but also like. I like Knives Out, but to me, it's one of those things where it's like, look, it's Star Wars. It's a little too dug in its ways to undo everything, but I like your ideas. So what if you just didn't undo everything, but you undid a couple? Oh, he 100% shouldn't have been hired on to begin with. I think we yeah. both agree that J.J. just should have been the director for all I, three and films. And I don't understand why they didn't do that. Because if they would have stuck with J.J., I think it would have been fine. Like I think they, they, could I have, think they trusted they could have Rain had, Johnson. They, they trusted Rain too much. They could have had the Palpatine storyline. They could have had the Force Healing storyline. They could have had so many storylines in this. But the fact they have to spend so much time in this movie undoing Episode Eight. Like I, I actually it's, have. It's not like the one director they should have fired. They didn't. Like, <laughs> like, well, I haven't, I haven't watched episode eight since I've seen episode nine. Um, so I actually kind of an, am interested in going back and watching it, knowing what happens. But like, please don't make me add it to the calendar. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. The only I reason think we we're need re- to stay the only away reason, from Star Wars. <laughs> the only reason we're redoing this one is similar to Greta in that the audio quality was so bad that the review suffers from it. Oh, thank and you. And the other one is we <laughs> we just we our reviews change so much that reviews not accurate anymore. Um, yeah. Well, we as pe- we have people or we as people co-host whatever you want to call it. Yeah, our show has evolved drastically in just lizard the past people. Year. The what? Um, lizard people. Um, <laughs> but no, like for this for this movie, just they the thing that they didn't do right is I think you can undo stuff from the last movie, but a lot of the tongue and cheekness in the way they do it. And this has a lot to do with like Luke in this movie. Look, I I've got a note. I was like, I don't understand why Tarantinoing was introduced into star Wars. Funny banter has its place. You've got a two hour and 20 minute movie and you spend so much time of it not progressing anything just with people bantering back and forth with each other and they think it's clever and witty and it's like you're just kind of dumb and chewing the scenery what are you doing you have a point to accomplish accomplish your point it has like the scenes where it happens Luke, luke when he catches the lightsaber being thrown into the tie fighter might as well have come out and said hey forget what i did the guy that told me to do it was a hack and then flipped off the camera wearing a shirt that said, F*** you, Ryan Johnson. Okay, there's two really big differences for why I think these two different scenes don't work. The the banter in the very beginning of the movie when uh, they're like, well, you set my ship, I, you set the ship on fire, you broke Dude. the droid. There's a big that, difference between... That scene, that scene, and when they're bantering with Chewie playing the uh, space chess game, God... Okay, there's a big difference between those scenes. Like I, the the, the Chewy scene, I'm not tying into this, but the difference between, uh, Luke and the when they first see each other, when we first see the whole ensemble together, it, what they're trying to do is just kind of reestablish like a familiarity. These characters all know each other. This is just here they are, like, and it's supposed to feel like a natural like 
this is how they talk to each other, but they still love you. Like, it doesn't establish that this is a moment where, like, they would talk this casually. Like, it just feels like forced humor. It doesn't feel it like feels natural so dialogue. out of place because everything is so official in the rest of the movie. Yeah, it just is out of place because it doesn't match the tone with the rest of the, the movie. It doesn't match the tone of, like, what the scene feels like it should be versus what they did with Luke. Not And now that I say this out loud, it's not really a, prob- a, a question of banter, but what the problem is with the Luke scene is that I like after he comes out of the flames and he has that talk with Ray that, yes, you I like do have the power. I like he was wrong. That, I like that. It's No, it's it's literally... <sighs> Him walking out and the one sentence. Yeah, no, that's that that's is the pro- that is that is the problem. And I also have a problem with him saying, "Well, I was wrong to be angry." Like, no, you don't have to at least word it the way that you did because that also came off to me as just like the big f you to rain. Just like when he walked out of the flames and he's like, "You shouldn't throw a lightsaber." And he, yeah, he might as well just wait to the camera. That was so heavy handed. But when they're sitting by the fire and she says, I have doubts, Luke. Like, if he literally just showed up to say, you do have strength, Ray, that would have been a great scene. That would have made that scene so much better and so much less petty. How interested are you, kind of going back to the thing of, like, sit down with those actors and have a conversation. How interested are you to, like, hear what the relationship with Disney and Ryan Johnson's like? Oh, I'm sure that's gone. Here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm sure that I, relationship is gone. <laughs> I am too, but it'd be just it would be interesting to hear a lot of the back like backstage stuff, just because. Oh, like how like stuff. how like what Daisy would say were notes that he gave her before yeah. he said action things like that. Well, no, no, no. More of look, we get you're not going to go out in the press and be like f Disney. I tried to do my own thing and they're over over controlling and they won't let artists have a true vision. It has to be their vision. Well, no, it's it, ha- not, it has to be Disney's vision, but with an art with the artist twist. Like, could he really argue that though? Here's the here's the thing with episode eight. Disney either really bought into what he said or weren't paying attention. They bought into what he said. That is and, obvious because what, the, because it was at, so off the course. And what I'm getting at is it's one of those two things, and it very obviously isn't the second. They very much bought into it, had tremendous fan backlash, and then said, screw you, go away, you don't know what you're doing. It they, makes it, But that all makes sense, though. Like, the source of all the anger coming to you as a company, sources to him... They may still think he's cool. Executives may be behind closed doors saying, dude, I personally love your movie, but the public doesn't. I don't want to do this, but I have to. That could have been what the conversation really was, but we'll never know. It was clear that Disney was completely sold that like, oh, it doesn't matter who the director is. We can just kind of keep, we can make a trilogy without thinking too far into the future. So Rain, here you go. JJ, you did a great job. And then they may have liked what Rain did because they put it in theaters. I mean, I mean yeah. that doesn't say much. They put Batman versus Superman's theatrical cut in theaters, but, <laughs> but, yeah, that makes sense. But I, I'm just very interested to hear from him what the relationships like, how angry he is at them, or if he forgives them, or if he doesn't care. He um, probably just looks back at it as like an opportunity, like the biggest opportunity for him in his career so far. Like it, because Knives Out was not a bigger movie than Star Wars. I don't know if he yeah. ever, I don't know if he ever will make a movie like on the same kind of tempo level as Star Wars Episode Eight. He probably yeah. never will. 
or maybe a decade from now, but yeah, he's so, I don't know. He's got his own style. He can't just kind of fit the mold like JJ does. Like JJ clearly is a big budget temple guy because yeah. I wrote in my notes specifically, I don't care that I have problems with this movie episode nine specifically once it settles in and it, I just accept, okay, this is just all right. Now that we got all the, the, the setup and this is the story that we're going on. Just show me some cool action. He does a phenomenal job with the action. Yeah. The, the, the lightsaber fight on top of the, well, not on top of the water, but like on that planet with the waves, uh, when Ray jumps over the ship, uh, the standoff, when they blow up Chewie's ship, uh, the, the massive dog fight, uh, even though the writing gave it that stupid in-game moment, but visually, yeah. like if you put it on mute or if you could have it with just John's isolated score, it all looks incredible. Well, it that goes back to like one of the things that I liked in the movie uh, was, or I I would have liked had they done it differently. You were talking about the end game moment was when Ray is hearing all the Jedi. I that was have, that was cool. I would have loved if they changed it to where it's it's showing the stars and the galaxy and the sky and whatever. And then if she would have seen like the force ghosts fade in as they talk and fade out, I would have really liked that. And that would have been cool. I, it's one of those things where it's like, if you put a little more effort in that rather than just cramming all this stuff in there, this is where the movie's better. But yeah, speaking, speaking of things with the movie that, uh, are just kind of ridiculous. Um, C3PO. Oh my God. He was so extra in this movie. (laughs) So, so extra. And uh, was it Anthony Daniels? What's the guy's name that plays C-3PO? Yeah, Anthony Daniels. Look, I know like a little bit about him being kind of a diva because he's like, oh, I'm in Star Wars and I play one of the main characters. Like you play the annoying one that most people don't like or want to be like. Oh, people love C-3PO. Don't be that hard on him. <laughs> hard on. <laughs> I am. Eh. But anyway, he's he's beloved. He's. He's that little side character that always here's, says the wrong thing at the wrong time. Here's the thing. He's he's pretty good. Anthony Daniels' ego about it himself is too for being C-3PO is too big. Is it? I've never read I've never yeah. read about him. Anthony Daniels very much thinks very highly highly of himself because he played C-3PO and Does he do a little Does he do that? Yeah. And <laughs> he talk, like I remember talking about it at some point, I remember the Red Lighter Media thing where they were talking about, like, C-3PO would, I think in Jedi, talked about, like, shouldn't 3PO sacrifice himself for the people? And George is going, he's scared. He's always scared. And Anthony in this one, just, like, he is so trying. Like, they, the movie is like, all right, this is 3PO's time to shine. And he runs with it so hard that i i had a note in there i was like don't break your arm jerking yourself off dude like it's not it's not even i don't think it's his fault i think it's chris and jj because jj co-wrote the script and uh the directed it i think he overthought how how much he needed c3po to like well he just he really overthought just like oh my god c3po is gonna have to make this big sacrifice we're gonna have to remind the people hey you Hey, don't forget 3PO. Don't forget 3PO. Hey, you remember 3PO's in this? And then hey. people will care when something bad happens. But what I'm getting at is if he was saying that back in episode six, and this is the sixth movie since, or 
eighth movie because he was he was in the other or no, oh, was he on solo i don't think he was in solo no he wasn't I don't know. in solo he's been in every star wars movie except for maybe solo he or oh yeah he had a very brief cameo in rogue one that's right so he so he's been in like five star wars movies since then you don't think he really lobbied like hey if this is the end of the trilogy let's see 3po make a huge heroic sacrifice i mean it's a theory if it's he a, was doing that in episode six it's a theory I, so, I'm not saying it's invalid. It's just I, I really dislike. I I blame the I just like, blame the writer though. Like the, I I blame JJ because he technically had final say over everything, and he the, is allowed to tell somebody to f off. The epitome of what I'm getting at is the scene after they sink in the quicksand, and Poe's asking about literally everybody, and then C3P goes, "You didn't ask about me, but I'm okay." It's like, shut up, you're not alive. That was the one, <laughs> that was the one time he spoke that I actually kind of chuckled a little bit. I was like, eh. I actually thought that was good. That that was the one time he spoke that I thought was actually funny. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, also, of course he's a robot. Why would they ask you? Yeah. Are your lights on? Cool. That's all we need to know. Are your eyes red like you've been <laughs> sucking? For, or, wait, what was the line from Pineapple oh. Express? Are your eyes as red as the devil's dick? I oh my god, I hated that so much. The my eyes are red because I'm saying something evil. Like you well, did. Not, like, not come only on. that. Not only That's... that. I that whole thing about. I I know what the dagger said, and I can't say it because it's against the law. Dude, you can't, you can't not, do it I'm unless you. Saying, I'm not saying that's not a real thing. Like I'm sure it makes total sense to be like, hey, we want to make sure the Sith never come back. Let's outlaw. Let's outlaw anything with this language. You don't speak it. You don't say it. We don't program droids so it doesn't get brought up and it doesn't continue being carried on. Whatever, dude. The... I'm 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 willing to go along with that. But what I'm getting at is in this movie, that is only in there to add 25 minutes of length. Dude. Okay, I got two things. First, to end on that, uh, I I rolled my eyes so hard when he was like, "Well, they're in my memory banks." But you can't get to them unless you do exactly this. But you wouldn't dare do exactly that, would you? I just like, I, oh my god, movie, come on. Try well, a little harder than that. One of the things I liked, and I'm not saying it's genius, I just it has a lot to do with the delivery and the timing, is when he's in the chair and he goes, I thought of one thing we could do. <laughs> like, you, you timed it perfectly. The inflection in his voice is perfect. Like, you made that perfect to make it work. It's not the funniest thing I've ever seen, but it did work for me and it did make me chuckle. Well, it's good that we each had one moment that C-3PO made us laugh. Um, did you kinda... did you have did you have a moment that made your jaw drop? Because I remember in, in the what theater, context my jaw my jaw dropped a couple times. In in the theater, I remember my jaw dropping when Ray shoots lightning the first time. Oh, I I love that. I love the idea of like. And it's, the dark it's, side manifesting itself actually instead of just dealing with like angry thoughts. Like I like well, that it actually came out of her mind. Well, I the the reason because I remember it made my jaw drop, but the reason I really liked it like it as I noticed this time is she's freaked out. She thinks she shot Chew or killed Chewy. She's in shock of what just happened, and she thinks she killed Ju- Chewy. But it cuts back to Adam Driver, and this could have been completely lost in editing, and I'm very glad it wasn't was the shock on his face where he's like yeah oh like that's part of why it works for me because the shock on his face of like 
okay, she's got force powers. I don't think she actually understands she has. Like, I yeah. really dug that. Oh, I did too. I That scene is, again, one of the only handful of things that I really like. Um, my jaw dropped, uh, uh, again, just because of how awesome. I, I, I'll, I'll move past it, but I cannot get over how freaking cool that flip was that they used in the trailer. That's like one of my favorite shots they've done in the Star Wars film saga. The, um, I also, I've, I've got, I've got, I, I don't, when, when you say flip, you're talking about like when she puts the lightsaber behind her back and then Adam takes it, right? I love that too. Like at the what end, flip like, are you talking about? No, uh, remember when there, it was before Chewie's ship blew up. She was just staring down whatever fighter ship. He was just flying at her oh, at Mach okay. 5. Yeah, yeah. And then she just starts the running and then she backflips, cuts the wing off, and oh, that was so cool. That's the best part of the movie for so, me. Spe- speaking of, but Force no, the power. mind meld. Thank you. Oh. The mind meld that they have. I love that they kept that from Episode Eight. And yeah, and exp- oh, I, that's so cool. I love that. I so I think basically I liked the extent of it in Episode Eight. I think I touched on it in our initial review, but like I I firmly know what I like about it. I like Episode Eight where. They can they communicate with each other. They see each other. They can feel each other. I like and not grossly, but like they can see Adam Driver shirtless. Well, I'm just I'm just saying I like that it's almost like they can have a they can have a Skype, but with physical touch. Like it, other than their vision and their hearing, other senses senses are included. It's 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 how it's it's the next level of just I can feel something in the force. No, yeah. I can feel a specific person in yeah. the force, and then in this film. He grabs the necklace. She gives him a lightsaber. How is that not so cool? I love that. That's that's where my line's drawn. I don't like them being able to like, like, I like the part where she takes her hand back in episode eight and she's got like, or maybe, no, it was him. He takes his hand back and he sees like three drops of rain on his hand. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> what I don't like is... And this is where I'm kind of like, all right, I'm 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 drawing the line of what I'm cool with. I don't like... You're cool with rain, but you're not cool with necklaces. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I don't like physically transporting an item. Um, I don't like... Like, I, I like if they can see it, but in this movie, when he steals the necklace and he's just got it on a Star Destroyer, and then when they are doing the lightsaber fight and she knocks the helmet on the ground and he picks it up. Um, I don't like, so the scene you're talking about with like the, where she gives him the lightsaber and he has it now. I don't like that. What I do like is like two seconds later, Adam driver standing there with the lightsaber, looking at the Knights of Ren and he kind of nods his head. Like, yeah, this is what's going on now. And then he just starts fighting him. I like the head nod. Oh, the split second where he actually gets to take a breath. Like, he's holding it behind his back, and he's just like, <sighs> and then he goes back to fighting. <laughs> no, no, no. He he pulls he pulls it out. It, it, she puts it behind her head. He pulls it out, and all the knights are like, oh, my God. And he's got the lightsaber, and he just makes eye contact with him, and he's like, yeah. And he starts. Oh. It's not, it's, oh, it's yeah, not yeah, when okay. he's in the middle of the fight that he just puts it, holds it behind his back for two seconds, they hit it. It's literally <laughs> the moment he pulls it out and he's like, this is what's happening now. And then he starts fighting him. I like that head nod. I didn't notice that as clearly as like the little breath he took. Like when he put it behind his back, yeah. like to, to defend himself. He's it's just like, 
it's it's subtle and part of me wonders if it was accidentally left in the movie but it was just kind of a badass move where we're almost like he's standing there oh, that holding had to it been, and, and that had to gives, have been a miracle moment and gives the nod of okay let's go to like start the action sequence and then they just left that in there because it's badass that like he's like yeah screw it just come fight me that was too um, natural there was no way jj directed him to do that i yeah. i call bs if he did or they or if someone says he did um, um the uh, uh this segues into um um i'll bring up the other thing i wanted to talk about because it's not a great transition into that but um can we talk about uh since you happen to say the word knights things in the movie that really 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 bugged me are some of these side characters like the knights of ren and the the stupidest part of this movie thankfully actually didn't take up as much screen time or have as big an influence as i perceived it did before uh everything with general hux oh my God. we can talk we can break down one at a time but the knights are literally worthless and i forgot they were in the movie the night the knights their presence in this movie really feels like we initially wanted to develop these guys in episode eight and ryan johnson wanted nothing to do with them they well they didn't do anything with them in this movie my favorite well, shot no, no, of no. them is when they're they, on the desert they planet and they're all in the same spot all just they, vaguely looking in slightly different directions i was just they, like great great lookout party guys like, great <laughs> great boy band cover um <laughs> no they the, the they are in this movie a lot and the only purpose oh. that they have in it is just to be like you remember these guys that were meant like in a force vision in the first movie, well, they're gonna have a pretty prominent role in this one because we meant to put them in episode eight and we didn't. So yay! So okay, one, I totally don't remember them being in another movie, but also they were they were in episode seven when Ray has the force vision of Kylo Ren and he's in the rain after killing a bunch of people. He's surrounded by them. Uh, huh. They're they're literally in the first movie for four seconds. Yeah, that's why I don't remember them. And then they're and then they're in this movie for like 20s. seven minutes of seven minutes of screen time. I was gonna mind. say like twenty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> they're also in this movie for the stormtrooper then, to, dude, for the, the two stormtroopers. Line, the stupid ass line by that one stormtrooper like Knights of Ren. Oh, they mean business. Was that what he said? I thought he just said something like that. I thought it was just. The Knights of Ren, and then the other one's like, "Whoa!" Like, yeah, like, <laughs> that was so that's so dumb. I was like, "Oh <laughs> man, did you know that they put Seth Rogen and uh, uh, James Franco in this movie as stormtroopers?" Yeah, they're the high guys that are just blown away seeing the Knights of Ren. Oh my god, that was so funny. That was such a forced like, "Hey guy, hey hey movie watcher, these guys are important." Nudge nudge. <laughs> What'd you think of Babu Frick? I don't mind Bobby Frick. <laughs> Droid memory go by. You're, it's too it's deep. Super it's super French. It's, it's more like, oh, I'm Bobby Frick. Like, yeah. <laughs> memory go bye-bye. I, I like Bobby Frick. Like, it's, they're kind of worthless, but, like, at the same time, if they make them cute enough, I don't mind, like... I feel like I was one of the only people that didn't mind the Porgs either. Like, I didn't dislike them, but... They're I tolerable. They're they're. I mean, they're cute. They don't do anything. Like they're they're harmless. I, I don't you, know. I wasn't bothered by them either. What'd you think? What'd you think of? Oh, I didn't swing my microphone back. What'd you think of Zori? Oh, which one was Zori? The guy that Poe Dameron wanted to have sex with. Oh, I love that actress. 
I love that actress. Um, oh, I forgot. Uh, crap. I got. I minimized the cast list, but she was. Uh, she was in The Americans, which is an amazing TV show. You guys should definitely watch that on Hulu. Uh, uh, ah, why am I forgetting her name? I hate the way IMDb lists the cast. She's... Just Google Zori Bliss. Uh, no, that's too easy. Eh, whatever. I'll just type The Americans. Uh, the Americans. Uh, stop typing your anger emails, people. Carrie uh, yeah. Russell. Dan, Dan admitted there's a substantially easier way to do this. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell is awesome. I like the character. I just thought her helmet was going to dump, but that's just superficial and petty. But I like her character. And I like the I like the chemistry that they had because, like, when he was like, we're trying to get some translation for this uh, evil Sith uh, language. And she's like, Sith language? Who have you been hanging out with Sith language? Like, <laughs> I, I love that the, line. The thing that I thought was just ridiculous about her character is when she's like, I've been saving up mon- enough money to get off world. And I know how to do it. She's like, yeah, this is a first order coin medallion and it gets you through any blockade. And I was like, they're not going to like, they're, they're just going to see a ship that's not a first order ship fly up to this blockade and it's got this pin and they're like, all right, you're cool to go through. They're not going to be like, hey, like. How hard is it to just kill the guy that has that coin and then steal it from him? Like, they're not going to do any verification other than she has the coin. She has the coin. She has the coin. All right, let her through. Whoever has the coin is just automatic. Is just automatic. Yeah, I, that's, I agree. That writing is kind of dumb. But, like, and I was if they wanted to do another spinoff of Poe and her, their misadventures following episode nine, I'd be down for it. I thought they had good chemistry. And, and back to how you started this off with Hux. Yes, thank you. Uh, Hux the, stu- the, the oh my god if somebody got shafted in this movie not named rose it was <laughs> hucks dude rose seriously was seriously stay here you were in episode eight by mistake and we don't want you oh i have a note here specifically god. that says uh sorry rose uh yeah here it is sorry rose no room to give you a second chance so hucks i don't know how you felt about him going into this movie I kind of tolerated him, but I didn't really care all that much about his character going into this movie. And then I remember they were like, really, it felt like they're like, we have to give him a point. He should have been, he should have been the general that got thrown against the wall and killed right then at the movie. Like, just go ahead and nip it in the bud. He doesn't like Cairo. Kill him with a big twist right then. That'd have been, that'd have been so much better than what they did. He came across, comes across as a character that, similar to when we were talking about Mulan, where they split that one character into two people, he seems like a character that, in reality, they're like, well, what if we just make it the second person for this personality trait? I don't even think they thought... He, just, they, he was never well-developed. Like, literally, all I knew was he shouted a lot, he really cared about the First Order, and that he was a big rival of Kylo, and he wanted Kylo out of the way so that he could be the number one. That's it. Like, there's nothing about his background. And then they're like, oh, yeah, uh, we need to give him a point in this series. What if we make him a traitor or a spy? Johnson, you're a genius. And then he can die in the movie. Johnson, you're a genius. And then he comes back as a force goes, you should stop with your ideas. Dude, they... It felt like they, it felt like JJ just at the last minute, like he got through like the fifth or seventh draft of the script. And then he was just like, oh, crap, I didn't do anything for Hux. Yeah, so it's just like, literally just out of, just the one line out of like the six he has in this movie, they, as casual, as as haphazardly as this say, thanks. Oh wait, by the way, why are you helping us, Hux? 
Yeah. I don't want you to win. I want Kylo to lose. What, because he beat you up a couple times in 7 and 8? Like, yeah. what the hell? Frankly, Snoke was meaner to you when he was dragging you back and forth in front of everybody, physically using the Force in, in Episode 8. It's like it's like this cut of the movie was already too long, but they could slide a two and a, a two hour twenty minute cut in theaters, and like they left at least another half hour or fifteen minutes even expounding upon him. But they must have thought, oh well, nobody likes this uh, ginger dweeb anyway. Ah, eh, whatever. But people won't care if we don't develop him in any way. Yeah. It was. I was so. Ugh. That's the most angry I was at this movie besides. The, the the puppet master trope. So, to to wrap it up, because we've been going on this for quite a while, and I feel like we're going to be on this subject for a little bit before we do the Nicolas Cage question, talking about the puppet master. You brought we, out more anger in me than I expected. So yeah, fun fact: Dan told me to watch the swears going into this one. Um, we are we're an hour and ten minutes into this. We are dead even in swears, and frankly. Dan was beating me for for a little bit. Um, oh, but... I thought <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, uh, we're tired right now. So, uh, frankly, Dan, f you. <laughs> no. Um, but what what I'm getting at is to wrap it up. Uh, before we move on to Nicolas Cage, to kind of bring it full circle, we touched on. Oh it yeah, at the I forgot. I was supposed to. <laughs> I forgot. I was supposed to think about Nick Cage's. <laughs> I actually. That's how little I cared we... about watching this movie again. I I've got two. I've got two things to wrap up our thoughts on the movie. The puppet master trope. We touched on it earlier, but we didn't really discuss it all that much. How do you feel about Palpatine being back in this movie? It's so... It was so made in a court... Er, in a courtroom. It was so made in a business conference room, like, oh my god, how are we going to bring fans back into caring about this movie? Let's bring <laughs> oh back my... their favorite villain! <laughs> oh my god, we can't continue Snoke. He was literally cut in half. What do we do? What if we bring back a guy that was atomized? Johnson, again, you're a genius. It's so st it's so lazy. It's just like, you can't... There's no originality. Like, let's just bring back the big baddie before, but we didn't hint that Palpatine it... could be alive. They'll just accept that he was alive because of Darth Plague on the Nuts or whatever his name was. Plague oh my on... god, you're a genius. Plague on the Nuts. Whatever that guy's name was. Pla <laughs> Darth Plague on the Nuts. Was it Was it just Pla Plagueis? Wasn't that it's his name? Darth Plagueis the Wise and <laughs> Darth Plague on the Nuts. Whatever, whatever his name was. They'll just accept that he came back to life because he talked about Plagueis 12 years ago. <gasps> oh my god, you're a genius. Like, that was so, that was so lazy. Yeah, but his loved ones weren't atomized. Um, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily have no, a problem. He, okay, he wasn't just atomized. He was thrown into that electric beam, whatever. And then the ship was also blown up. So he should be super dead. I'm I'm just, I'm just saying, like with the force, uh, force like connection thing that they had with uh, Kylo and Ray, I like it to a point. I don't have a problem with them bringing back someone from the dead, like what they did with Darth Maul in the animated series, and then he got brought back in Solo. I don't necessarily have a problem with a dead either Sith or Jedi, like force sensitive being. I don't have a problem with them coming back after dying. I have a line where I'm willing to draw that, and that's where their body is destroyed beyond recognition or even discovery. Like, dude. Wait, because of he, the force lightning? No, because it got blown up on the Death Star. 
He got thrown down a shaft and then it exploded. The dude was atomized, man. Yeah. So that corpse makeup didn't look bad, though. If I want to say one positive thing, the corpse makeup looked good. I I did like where they also had like that whole like I had a note about this. I was like, this scene feels like it belongs in a Harry Potter movie where they're all in that Coliseum with all the Sith spirits. (laughs) That was a lot like the Deathly Hollows. Yeah. Um, oh that's so funny i didn't think of that but uh, frankly okay so to wrap it oh up oh my god it actually kind of is like uh when kylo gets the sword from yeah. behind his back that's like uh dweezley or the whatever sword his name of was. gryffindor yeah pulling out yeah. that sword from the hat oh that's yeah. so funny i didn't think of that so to wrap to wrap this up right before my question before the nicholas cage question to wrap this up this movie feels like the entire pitch for the movie was a line that Oscar Isaac says where he goes somehow Palpatine survived or is alive or something. And then, yeah, he said that verbatim that, <laughs> that, and then also they have, are, so all the, all the star destroyers have planet destroying weapons. And he's like, of course they do. Oh my God. Like that's one of my so notes much, too. So much of this movie is somehow. And of course it does. Yep. I wrote, I didn't write a note about that specifically, but that is a great point. My note about the, the the Star Destroyers was Palpatine has no imagination when it comes to weaponry other than just make... It's like, okay, we'll do the Death Star, and then let's do another Death Star, and then, okay, let's make the Death Star, but call it the Planet Killer, even though that was Kylo's plan. Tech- well, was it Kylo's plan, or was it Palpatine's plan? Ooh. Ugh. And then okay. instead of a Star Killer base, let's make a thousand little mini Death Stars that look like the same command ship, like... He has no originality with his plans whatsoever. Yeah. So we, you know, we've been going on this for a while. There's still a lot that we could discuss about the movie, but we, we, didn't, don't e- wanna... we didn't even discuss uh, the the girl that they met that gave them the, uh, uh, that whatever, I can't even describe what I'm trying to say. The girl that they meet on the planet that was, that abandoned the stormtroopers. Remember? Yeah, she did nothing for me other than other than just she's like, yeah, we were all stormtroopers and we beat it. And I was like, you remember how Finn was special because he was the one stormtrooper that like broke his training? Yeah, screw that. It's apparently common. Yeah. Remember when Rain implied that like people could rise up and obtain the force and the the fact that like there could be a, a, a grassroots uprising to further symbolize coming out of oppression? Yeah, nah, we're going to ignore that. Yeah. Yeah, screw you for thinking that. So, <laughs> the the last thing, are, like I like we said, Dan's rating went from a full pan to a single brownie, and mine went from a single brownie to a cookie. You could hear Did the your... truck back up. The beep, 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 beep. So, in, ter- in terms of our Star Wars movie rankings, I'm only going to go up to where we rated this movie before. So, Dan, you had as your number hold, 11 hold Star let Wars me, movie. Yeah, let me write these down as you're saying them. Okay. As your number 11 Star Wars movie, you had episode 2. Okay. As number 10, you had episode 1. Okay. As number 9, you had Solo. As number 8, you had episode 4. And then as number 7, you had episode 9. I'm going to give you a second to think about how you want to rank these now and just remind viewers uh, what mine were. Mine were episode 2, Solo, Episode one and then episode nine. Oh, so one. Okay, so you were one lower than mine. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's not 
it's not worse than two, but it's going to fall all the way down to 10 behind one because one solo and four are better than this. Okay, so you put that at number 10? Yeah, it's going down to 10. Four solo and one are all going to bump up one. The only movie that's worse than this one was two. Okay, so... And I apologize to Solo 4 and 1 because you were not as bad as this was, and I do apologize. <laughs> I'm just correcting your ratings. Hang on a second. Solo. I just want to know if this is worse than 2 for you. Like, how close are we going to get to episode 2 for you? Because 2 is a pretty low bar. So, okay. Here's the thing. Episode 2 was the only one I ever get the only one out of the original ones I gave a cookie. That's the only one that I gave a cookie. So yeah. my rankings were episode 2, solo, 1, episode 1 and 9. Yeah. Dun, dun. I'm trying to or what was it what was the who wants to be a millionaire music? I can't remember. Dun, dun, dun. No. Um <laughs> that was Jeopardy. <laughs> I can't remember. Man. So here's okay, here's the thing. I think episode two. I can see easy. I can like, see the, the gears the turning because you hated solo so much and two so much. Well, I hated I hated solo, but it was more of I didn't necessarily hate it because I thought it was a bad movie. I hated it because I thought it was a bad Star Wars movie. Episode two was a bad movie and a bad Star Wars movie, but the reason episode nine is my least favorite Star Wars movie of all time is because episode two is easier to follow. What was hard to follow in this one? This, please elaborate what you mean. Well, actually, that's just re that's taking into account how much I disliked it the first like the first time because it was hard to follow. Now that I know what's going on, eh. tell you what. I'm going to make, I'm going to say episode two is my least favorite of all time because Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, no, you don't have to explain. Two, for listeners that haven't watched it, watch it and you will know what we're talking about. Two is a dumpster fire. But I will say, this is my least favorite Star Wars, second least favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Yeah, we, we, we share. Down, bar none. The we only one, the only one I dread watching more is episode two. Yeah, we share the and it's, same it's bottom four. it's not by a lot. It is not by very much. Oh, wait, no, Jake. Or, yeah, no, we do share the bottom four now because episode four was my number eight, but now it's seven. So, yeah, now we share the same bottom four, just slightly different rankings. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. And, no, I'm not apologizing for episode four being low because it's not as good as you remember. All right. So, to wrap this up <laughs> like we should if we were going to hit it with our wood. Nicholas Cage. We have not talked about Nicholas Cage yet. Who would you cast Nick Cage to be in this and why? God, I don't. Also, I want to inform our listeners. I did not re-listen again. I did not re-listen to the review from last year. I don't remember who we picked. I don't either. Because I don't keep track of that because that spreadsheet would be insane. I don't remember Because either. half the time we don't know the character names. We just go, that guy that did this. Oh my god, I really have no idea. I don't want to be lazy and just make him a cameo like we didn't even talk about. I didn't I didn't care to google who the cameos were in this film because it does I don't I don't care. I didn't like the movie that much. Uh <laughs> the So who would it be? Honestly, I had no offense to Richard E. Grant, but
but Nicolas Cage being, like, the evil commander of the movie, like, because every Star Wars movie almost has the one evil commander of the movie, and I think Nick Cage would have shined pretty pretty brightly in that role, so I'd, just, I'd swap out Richard E. Grant, even though he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad for that role. Don't hate me, Internet. Um, I If you're going to have C-3PO be this prominent in the movie, I'd rather have Nicolas Cage than Anthony Daniels. You could literally never do that. In reality, yeah, that would never happen. I know. That's why That's why I said I would do it, because no one else would. That would never, never, never happen. That would be funny, though, if, like, <laughs> I can't read that because my programming says so. <laughs> or or <laughs> he's just like, wait, I got another idea. And then he boots down and he makes, makes a robot. And he's like, boop. Whoever has the best penmanship, write it on the back of the Declaration of Independence, and then I can tell you where it is. He's like, they had an ancient ancient Sith language on the back of the Declaration of Independence. What did it say? I don't know. We had to look it up with uh, lemon juice and uh, Febreze. Lemon <laughs> juice and Febreze. <laughs> what was it lemon juice and a lighter? I don't even remember what it was. It was It was lemon juice, and then I thought they just blew on it. So here's the thing with uh and uh and no we don't have national treasure on the calendar so don't here's, ask us. Here's the thing with national treasure. I only saw the movie one time and I actually really didn't like it. I was a kid so I don't I'm not saying the movie's bad. I'm saying the time I saw it as a child I did not like it. Oh yeah, we didn't go to the same elementary school because my elementary school played it for me almost every other weekend that they weren't playing Finding Nemo. I went to yeah, I went to the one that was actually close to our house, and then Dan went to the one that was for the smart AC kids. And meanwhile, my I went to the school like, that was a half hour away. <laughs> yeah, Dan went to the school on the complete opposite end of town. Like literally, from where we live, aside from two school, one school in the county that was in the middle of the boonies. Dan went to a school that was the furthest away possible. And the only reason that other school is further is further out is because you actually have to drive past this one school to get to the other one. Ooh, if you've actually seen the movie that was shot here in our hometown, Columbus, uh, there's a scene that they shot outside of my elementary school, which, if you've seen it, that, yeah, that was my elementary school. Uh, oh, they really shot, Gomez. they shot out there? Yeah, did they, they, did they film at the fairgrounds? No, it was the school. It was in Southside's parking lot. Huh. It was a, I, I don't know, I kind of geeked out a little bit. I've seen the movie twice, like, the first time I watched it, just kind of like, uh, I mean, I was in New York, and I got to see Kaganga, and that was pretty cool, but uh, it was hard for me not to watch it as, like, somebody from Columbus, so then when it went on Hulu, that's when I watched it again a little bit more critically, and it still held up. I still think Columbus is a great movie. <laughs> anyway, right, I just, so I don't know, that has nothing up. to do with Star Wars, but... <laughs> so to finish up, I sneezed. Um, that's our Nick Cage picks, and our ratings drastically dropped, and our ratings uh, rankings of this movie dropped, so... There's that. Let's head out to finish the thing. Yeah, I I agree. This is up there with one of our longer reviews. So, uh, yeah, let's take a very, very brief break. And then we're going to let you know how we're going to tell 2020 to shove it with our last reviews of the year. I'll be right back. All right, everybody, that is it for our 
reappraisal, re-autopsy, I don't know what the right word to use is, uh, that's our second take on Star Wars Episode Nine. Thank you so much to Isla Marf and a few gay and Nick for, <laughs> for your uh, guitar riff before this episode and in between segments, all that jazz. Next week, we are closing out 2020 with our first film review being the HBO Max debut of Wonder Woman 1984. We were supposed to see this all the way back in April, but now thanks to the epic deal between Warner Brothers and HBO Max, we can now watch it from the comfort of our homes, and we can both actually use our Rokus thanks to the deal that Roku finally made with HBO Max. Wait, it's official? Yeah, it was, I yeah. I download that app. You already have it on the PlayStation. Yeah, I don't like using my PlayStation because the fan kicks on and it makes noise. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you can watch it on 4K on your nice TV downstairs, too. Yes. Yes. I can... Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, that's going to be our first review is Wonder Woman on HBO Max. Uh, yeah, COVID kind of made it happen the way we are now, or the way we're watching it now, so thanks, I guess? <laughs> uh, but, of course, we have another trip into the time machine for our second review picked by Nick. What are we going to be watching? I don't, I don't know what year we're going back to, but we're going to go see, uh, I think, the first Will Ferrell movie I ever saw. I remember seeing this in theaters on a school night. Uh, we're going to go see Elf because we definitely are not trying to cram in Christmas movies at the end of the month because we feel bad for not doing Christmas movies the entire beginning of the month. You feel bad. I don't. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I yeah, do feel this is, Yeah, you're the I'm guy kidding. last year that when I got on you about not picking time machines that were Christmas movies, you gave me a hard time. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. I do actually feel kind of bad this year. because Christmas I, movies are garbage. They're not cinematic classics. Look at this Oscar contender where the guy farts out paint bubbles and it's supposed to be depressing. It's a wonderful I'm life. I'm Dan. I wear a shirt and I'm an artiste and I like movies. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life is an amazing Christmas movie that was nominated. Or I think it was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, don't fact check me right now. Um, <laughs> no, I, I for real felt bad this year because I made a creed to try to find new movies streaming and unfortunately i couldn't get happiest season onto the calendar and a date that i felt uh was still somewhat close to christmas but but yeah we got elf next week it's from 2004 and yeah uh it is a rental unless you happen to have stars so or you or if you're like me and you bought it at target two weeks ago which is why i picked it Yes, um, I, I'm i going to be watching it on stars, but yeah, it's a $4 rental everywhere else. Uh, once again, Wonder Woman will exclusively be on HBO Max. That review will come out Tuesday. Elf will come out on Thursday, New Year's Eve. Nick, remind everybody where they can reach out to us on social media. Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, Instagram, Brownie underscore points underscore guide, and Twitter at Brownie underscore cinema, as well as Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. Make sure you send us like Nikki and then also Nick, uh, not me, a different Nick. Also, do you like, is this a prerequisite to listen to our show is you have to have my name or the female version of my name? Dude, those are the, those are the, the, the most recent emails that we've had. Uh, yeah, your name no, is either. No, 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 no anger intended. Just a question because I find it funny that like those are the emails we're getting. Um, well, Monty, re well, not through email, but Monty reached out to us. So we yeah. have one person not named Nick or Nikki. <laughs> Um, but they send us movie ideas by contacting us through social media or by emailing us. Uh, you can also send us brownie bites you want us to do, whether they are movies to dis or they are movie trailers to discuss, countdowns to do, topics to do, 
uh, or movies to do, whether they are new releases or time machines uh, in theaters or streaming. Also, best way to help us out is to leave us as high a star rating or whatever review as you can on whatever platform you listen to us on. Do that. It's the best way to help us out. And yeah, that's the my spiel. Yes, and we will always continue to be here in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, and all other major podcasting platforms here in the United States and across the globe. Uh, I don't actually have uh, an Instagram shout-out this week. Sorry about that. No shout-outs for the week. Uh, Title Town Sound for the episode finally coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time you guys are listening to this, the episode uh, for, with Title Town will have finally come out. But yes, uh, sure. I'll just double down and use them again. Why not? Uh, <laughs> if you want to get a shout out, interact with us on social media and we may give you a shout out. Uh, <laughs> so with that, uh, guys, just continue to be safe. Uh, get excited for the vaccine. Uh, take it if you so wish to, but this is America. I can't make you do anything, but I will consider you less of a person if you don't. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am very much kidding. Uh, but anyway, just wash your hands, uh, wear your mask, take care of yourself, give a damn about each other. And that's the only way that 2021 is going to be better than 2020. So with that, our last reviews of this terrible year are going to be Wonder Woman 1984 and Elf. We will see you then. You know, this episode's coming out. There's a week left of 2020. And frankly, you should take this week to reflect on 2020. And just remember that time heals all wounds, but not that window and throw a rock through 2020's window. (laughs) I thought you were going to say something like, but we don't have force healing, so... (laughs) I'm saying it because I'm watching uh, I Met Your Mother and Barney said that to some kids that were sad. Oh, uh, okay. I gotcha. There's no originality. Like, let's just bring back the big baddie before, but we didn't hint that Palpatine it- could be alive. They'll just accept that he was alive because of Darth Plague on the Nuts or whatever his name was. Plague oh my on- god, you're a genius. Plague on the Nuts. Whatever that guy's name was. Pla- <laughs> Darth Plague on the Nuts. Was it was it just Pla- Plagueis? Wasn't that it's his name? It's Darth Plagueis the Wise and <laughs> Darth Plague on the Nuts. <laughs>